Well, this is Panama Today. This is your host, Pastor Bill Wilbur, here in Gamble Music and Inspiration to help you live for Jesus. So glad you're with us, folks. Well, you never know what we're going to do on this program. And in this case, the inspiration is going to be for a friend of mine who just came into the radio a little shack here, we want to say. And uh, he's going to share his testimony. God has the power to change people's lives. Not just be forgiven, but then to change our lives. His name is Steve, Stephen, and he'll be up in just a moment. So don't go away. Well, you never know how you're going to meet people. And I was telling uh, some of you people on the radio program of where I have these divine encounters. And um, Steve was a divine encounter one day when my wife and I were in the Albrook area. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, should I know you? And he says, I don't know. Should I know you? So we talked a few minutes. The next thing we were knowing, telling about what church we go to and things like that. So we've connected a little bit more, and I said, you know, Steve, I've got to get you here to share your testimony. I had no idea what it was when I said that. And uh, so we were sharing in a little bit here. There's quite a long story, so we're going to kind of hit some of the highlights. But the main thing is that uh, God has taken this guy and changed his life. And um, so we want to give thanks to God for that. So, um, Steve, welcome to Panama today. Well, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of an interesting way that we connected here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it turns out we have some mutual friends as well. Yes, yes. Praise Give the me Lord. A, a rough idea here. How old are you? I'm 28 years old. I just turned 28 uh, this month. This is, we, we are in November now. Wow. Are you good looking? Um, I've been told so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody knows what we look like here right at this point. And uh, then we can tell more stories like that. But um, you've had some interesting experiences, much more than saying an interesting thing. The early events in your life are really, uh, as I listen to this, uh, knowing that I came from a situation uh, with my parents really appreciated me. Um, they were looking for some uh, children, and it turned out me and two other brothers, one and younger and older. And uh, But you've had some interesting things that happened to you as you came into this world and still. But what are some of the things that happened that made you uh, to be a person that really had a rough time to know God? Well, um, if you're referring to when uh, I was brought into this world, uh, my dad was actually married to another woman, uh, actually here from Panama. And uh, so he kind of met my mom while he was already in a marriage. Um, and I'd, I'm not sure exactly how, what happened, but when I was born, he was actually in prison. 
and uh well my mom ended up having to skip town so i i got left with i'm not sure who i was left with but um eventually my my parents i'm sorry my my dad's parents they found me and uh they took me in i was probably about two years old when that happened so with that being said yeah it was kind of a rough start but hey uh some people have rougher starts than that some people have a little bit easier praise god that i was able to experience what i did and get through it so my uh, grandparents they scooped me up i was about two years old and i stayed with them till i was about five um we that's um well i'll just kind of keep it going here i uh <laughs> I eventually moved back, uh, or for the first time, went to live with my dad when I was about five years old. He had just got out of prison. He was ready to start his life, you know, brand new, fresh start, new wife, new life, the whole thing. Um, his his work involved. He was a uh, he's always been in the trucking industry, his, so his uh, work involved him, you know, not being home all the time, which frustrated my stepmom, and often she took her frustration out on me. Um, eventually, by the time I was 11, uh, you know, my my dad started, you know, he, he was making good money, so he started coming home less and less and less, and it turns out, you know, he was misbehaving every now and then, or, you know, just, <laughs> just not being home and, you know, living the party life, which the, his wife just wasn't going to put up with it anymore, so she left. And that was your mother? <coughs> That was my stepmother. Your stepmother. My real mother. Um, God bless her. I didn't. I actually didn't even meet her until recently, when I was 25 or 26 years old. So, um, but we'll rewind back to the, when I was 11. I went to go. <laughs> I went to go live with my aunt and uncle. This would be my dad's youngest brother, and uh, my uncle was a uh, was actually the first person to uh, introduce me to Jesus. So. So praise the Lord that I was able to have a uh, a seed, you know, sowed into my heart at a very young age because uh, my teenage years, of course, you know, I don't know if you've heard of generational curses. My teenage years, you know, I ended up being a very rebellious teenager. I, I tried my first beer at 12 years old. I never stopped drinking. My uncle was, you know, very, uh, I guess we could say orthodox. He was on top of it. He says, we're not going to have this. You know, we're not going to have this rebellion. He'd put hands on me. He'd pray for me. He'd try to cast demons out of me. He even took me to the pastor of our church to, to, to get something casted out of me. And I was just too much of a knucklehead and too selfish. To and think how I old was, were you then? Oh, I had to be probably th 13 or 14 uh -huh. years old. I mean, I, I did everything at a very, very young age. I lost my virginity. I was, you know, smoking marijuana. I was drinking beer. And all of this before even 14 years old, probably. Um, so it got to a point to where uh, my uncle, for my own good, was trying to protect me from all that stuff, you know, ground me, take away a cell phone, you know, no contact besides my peers at school and at church. There, I had no social life. Of course, I became more rebellious. I had secret cell phones. I uh, got in touch with my dad again. He, he'd been in and out of prison this whole time. And uh, eventually my uncle just said, hey, if you want to be with your dad so much, pack up your stuff. He's going to come pick you up. Uh -huh. So I was probably like 15 when that happened. I maybe just turned 15. And uh, 
And if Dad, if you're listening to this program, I hope you don't feel that I'm putting you down any at all because I love you and God bless you. And but I know this is what happened. This is what happened, and and he knows it too. And uh, so he had a he had his own drug problem, his own drinking problem. Um, thank God, you know, praise the Lord. He made just enough money when we lived in Chicago. When I went to go live with him in Chicago, he uh, was able to scrape enough enough money besides his own addictions to to put me through a private school. Um, a lot of kids there, uh, you know, they like to party too, but they wouldn't smoke real marijuana. They smoked artificial marijuana because the school did it was a catholic school they did random drug tests so i tried that a couple of times with those kids and uh my dad wasn't gonna have it he says if you're gonna get high you have to do the real stuff so he took me down to his dealer to go you know to go get high and go get drunk and lord knows what else and um and also uh with me not knowing everyone thinks highly of their father especially at that that age you know could do see no wrong see no evil right. from my eyes uh, i didn't know he was running a uh, uh a racket i mean it was a it was a, a black and white ponzi scheme and there's no way to to water it down that's what it was so we we uh ended up having to leave chicago because he uh, the government told him you can no longer have this business here so we moved to houston um we were there same stuff going on you know drinking partying blah 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 we can leave out the details. The same thing happened. The state of Texas said, you can't do business here anymore. Well, uh, like I told you, my dad was in another marriage before when I was born. And it happened to be, uh, you know, a Panamanian lady. He says, well, I was in Panama in the Army. Let's move my business to Panama. So my last year of high school, I ended up coming to Panama with him. And um, so he started, you know, continuing his business. Um, I don't know exactly the numbers, but I, he, he stole millions of dollars. Yeah. I wanted to jump in uh-huh. one little thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, the school you went to was a good school. A great school. Phenomenal school. Uh, it's uh, very, prestigi- yeah. uh, very pres- prestigious is the word yeah. I was trying How to say. How did you do in the school? Were you a good student? Um, well, Were you I smart was, is what I'm getting I, I would say... I would say yes, but I didn't apply myself to yeah. my full potential. Yeah. Um, I took all the easiest classes because I wanted to be done. In fact, in Texas, I could have graduated early, and I came in with a sour attitude because I was obligated to take, you know, the yeah. the Panamanian classes, which it was a walk through the park for me. But I should have applied myself and took advanced classes and or even early university classes, and I didn't. Sometimes yeah. I kick myself in the head. Yeah, yeah. So I should have taken advantage of that, but yeah, I, yeah, I felt I was obligated to be there. So I, you know, the same thing. I was, I was drinking it. Oh, uh, excuse. I hope my teachers don't hear this. I was drinking in class and just being a complete knucklehead because I thought I knew it all. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, I was. Uh, when my graduation day came, I already had a. Uh, uh, a woman who was two years older than me she was she was pregnant she came to my graduation pregnant you know i was the only kid there with a uh you know a, a, a lady from colombia you know when she was pregnant <laughs> i mean everyone wondered why i didn't go to prom i didn't do any social things with those kids because i was already uh partying like you know my dad did i was uh i guess uh more advanced in the yeah. partying ways 
Yeah. I, I was not. I, I was never around my peers that often. And your dad paid for everything. Paid for everything uh, with bad money. Big bucks. Yep. Within you know, cursed money because you know, you cannot you cannot make a, even if it's for a noble cause or for whatever you want to call it. You cannot if if you're doing bad works to to have something you want to call good and it just isn't going to work you're not going to be able to prosper with that yeah um i guess i could throw in somewhere uh that same year that that i graduated uh i told you i lived with my aunt and uncle my my cousin that i lived with who was like a brother to me we'd we'd been together since we were four or five years old we uh we'd always been together so we called ourselves crothers actually because we were cousins and brothers um that same year i graduated in september of that year this uh he he died after a church picnic he he rode a friend's motorcycle straight into a tree and uh, unfortunately passed away and even though i had like i said i as a teenager i had that seed planted in my heart so praise the lord that i did because uh after all the drinking partying and then that event of that death, I really something in my brain, uh, I, I became very selfish and started drinking more, doing more drugs, you know, and just doing a bunch of the things that I didn't want to. I thought I was an atheist. I realize now it was just my own anger and selfishness right. and God. And, uh, and you then blame you blame God for what happened to you. Exactly. In fact, I was uh, I was so upset. I said, why? I said, why is it him? I, you know, he was he was more we'll say pious than i yeah, was yeah and I, I said why the good one i i'm the bad one i'm the one who deserves to yeah I, I mean i did so many reckless things i shouldn't be alive here to even speak today yeah so so uh so that same year he died about a month later uh my uh my son was born and uh you know i didn't love myself to even love myself enough to take care of my own son um I was always at a cantina or whatever to avoid his mom because, you know, she was uh, uh, a lot to juggle as well. Um, and she wasn't very helpful at all either. If she's listening to this, God bless you. I don't mean anything. I don't, I don't mean any ill words towards you. And uh, it's just, you know, a train wreck after another. Probably a month after my son was born, my, my dog died. And then a month after that, my dad was sentenced to prison for his uh, his scam business. They extradited him from Panama, you know, threw him away, locked the key, threw the key out the window. So, uh, so then what happened is, uh, you know, I led a very reckless life. Um, my my son ended up going to Colombia with his mother. I stayed in Panama, um, partying, wake up in places with people I didn't know. I woke up, you know, just being completely reckless. Um, I found some of my dad's stashed money and blew it all away on, on just reckless things. And, um, well, eventually I, uh, you know, though, uh, all that, all of that you, it's, is on an expired time because God must have had a plan for me from, from, uh, from the beginning. And I, sometimes you feel bad because you don't, uh, you don't think about him in the moment, but looking back now, I can see how God, even though I was walking astray from that narrow path, he brought me back onto that path. Um, I had probably five, four or five incidents of pancreatitis, alcohol-induced, of course, and it was probably the fifth one and the only one I've had here in Panama. Uh, I was in the Santo Tomas Hospital, and I was looking around, and I realized, uh, I realized uh, everyone here 
is is here because they don't know how to take care of themselves i know how to take care of myself and i had a divine intervention with the holy spirit and i could feel god talking to me saying son you know better than this you know how to take care of yourself why are you destroying your temple like this right you know this is this is not what i have planned for you do you want to die here because it's not looking good for you if you do and uh, i promised god i said when i get out of this i will never ever touch the bottle again and i didn't yeah and uh and i guess i could kind of rewind how did i even come come to have this uh divine intervention i want to say probably a year prior to this last pancreatitis incident um i had a rededication of of you know to jesus i, I came back to jesus i you know i repented i named everything that i did was it in a church or by yourself or well <laughs> one of those pancreatic uh things i had i was in a hospital in houston and uh a friend of mine on facebook he, he just got back from serving uh, in the marines you know he, he got sent to the to uh to afghanistan and he just got back and i was looking at all of his his posts and he was posting stuff about his church and i said something told me i said i gotta check that out yeah so i asked him i said brother alex uh i'd like to check out your church well i didn't call him brother at the time i do now though I said, I, I want to check out your church. I, I've been living wrong, and I want to come back and know God. And he walked me through that. I came through an altar call. I, the whole church must have laid hands on me. I rededicated my life. And it wasn't just, you know, like a snap. I quit drinking. I quit drugs. I quit doing all these things. But that's when the Holy Spirit really started to, to enter and work on me. I got baptized again in the San Jacinto River. Uh, if, if you if anybody knows texas that's a that's a big river that runs through houston um i got baptized there um and i had and for the first time since i was 12 years old i had the urge to quit drinking and to quit doing drugs and i knew what i was doing was wrong but i was kind of trying to play right uh, i thought uh, the only person i was playing was myself i thought i could play god by oh god if i go to church and read your word and yeah. do this i can still live in sin it wasn't the case until like i told you that last right. pancreatic thing in the santo tomas uh, that was a real it was people try to tell me you quit drinking because you had pancreatitis and that was painful i said no because i had pancreatitis probably five times and it wasn't until the fifth time that i the god really just uh, i'm t i'm call me crazy he spoke to me he tr he 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 spoke to me, says he has a plan for me. I broke down in tears. Uh, you know, the I said, God, whatever you have planned for me, I'm, I'm here to fulfill it, and I'm going to do it. And uh, and this, this girl that was with me at, at this time, you know, she even said, uh, you know, if you, don't, if you don't straighten up, I'm not going to be with you either. And I said, I am going to straighten up, and I'm going to be the person I need to be. And for the first time in my life, I... I felt that desire to be married. I always yeah. thought I'd never get married. I'd never do this. Blah, blah. I was so rebellious, and this was the first time I said I need to get married and do things right. I married her. I got us into a church to paint to Panama International Church. We actually just became official members uh, two sun. Oh my goodness, one Sunday ago. <laughs> but uh, but getting involved in a church and getting that fellowship and you know it's it's a process you don't just you know want oh, I, I gave my heart to jesus and and all of a sudden things 
you know, or magic, you quit sin and you quit this and it's happily ever after. It's been a process ever since. But I will testify that God has been working in my, li- in my life. Um, you know, there's still things, I, I repercussions for my past actions that I'm paying for. Right. It's, I, I dug myself into this position that I'm in, but I know I can get out of it because because God is working on me. I'm never alone. The Holy Spirit is with me. And, you know, I'm still going through t- trials and tribulations, but, you know, I'm not uh, relying on uh, selfish desires. I'm not re- relying on substances. I mean, talk about being filled with the Spirit. Uh, <laughs> right. I, it, it's wor- I mean, people say, oh, that's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. It's not. If you really call upon the name of Jesus, right. it is so powerful. I don't have cravings for alcohol. I don't have cravings for drugs, for, for any of that stuff. And in fact, uh, it, uh, I'm repulsed. Yeah, you're but straightening up your relationship, yeah, your family, everything. And and God has really renewed my mind. And I and I thought, man, because you you grow up with the Dare class in the United States, Dare, you know, they they tell you that you can become physically addicted, and all this stuff. I tried rehabs, taking you know uh, pills to to quit drinking, and all. I mean, all that. Hey, if you're somebody going through that go through it but I, it didn't work for me because i didn't have any desire to quit drinking or quit doing yeah. what i was doing and none of that worked for me but what did work is the holy spirit and being and calling upon the name of jesus yep. saying jesus i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to live this life yeah. i want to lead a life where people see the light of christ shine through me I, I, i've surrendered many you know it's a it's actually a daily prayer i say lord um, I know I know what I've done. I know what I'm doing. I don't want to do it anymore. This body is yours. This mind is yours. This is your temple. Right. Lead me. Show me what whatever you want to do. I don't even want to think about it. This is yours. Do what you want to do with my body. Yeah. Complete dedication. When you do that, it's it is life changing. It's sometimes people <laughs> pray and asking God to help them do their own mess. You know, help mm. me keep doing what I'm doing. And when you're talking about making this decision for the Lord, and you do that, you can be forgiven. But now comes this time, which you've mentioned, is the renewing of your mind. And you begin to say, hey, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why mm-hmm. did I do it before? And I also want to make this comment about the ancestral bondage and generational sins. It's so true. And yet... God tells us in the same Exodus 20 that where these complications are, the bordering of our lives moving us like that in the wrong way, he also brings us forgiveness up to generations after generations after generation. And obviously, because you were on a, almost like on a death a oh, yeah. wish like oh. that of what you were doing. I was following my father's footsteps. Yeah, you just yeah, yeah. And uh, but God has other plans. And and uh, right here at this point, the God, uh, the Lord has continued plans going on right now. Even this radio program, I know there's going to be people that are listening and saying, you know what, I'm just like Steve. I'm j- how how did you know Steve was speaking about me this morning? You know, <laughs> or tonight. Because you're you're doing that, so you have a daily quiet time. You got some Christian friends you hang out with. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and thank God for those Christian friends because 
when you surround yourself with fellow believers and you surround yourself with with godly people the the effect that that ha- i mean um it took me a while to under to realize that oh this is going on because i'm not obeying god I, I believe it talks about that in the book of leviticus somewhere around 27 of all the sorrows and woes that come for for disobedience and uh but when you surround yourself with godly people and i and I mean, some you know, some of these guys I talk to with church, they have a very similar background with the drugs and the drinking and all the other stuff, and uh, and at first it is so hard because you want you cannot forgive yourself. You say, "Oh Lord, I've you know, I, and I knew what I was doing was wrong. I went so far astray. How can you ever let me you know walk on this on your path again?" But you know, I know that's just the enemy trying to use my past and trying to use my sins to keep me. Uh, to, to 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 bring me astray, but I, I silence that out and I go straight to scripture. And something that, uh, like I told you, my friend brother Alex in in Houston, uh, I you know when I was first, I said, man, the devil, he, he's tempting me with the drinking, he's tempting me with this. But you know, I, I made a good effort today because I cast it away. He says, brother, some people spend too much time casting out devils and not enough time praising the Lord. Yeah. What are you doing to to glorify God today? I said, "Oh man," and and I keep that in the back of my mind and I I go through some very very rough times still, but that's okay. I praise the Lord through the storm and uh in the, and I know that's got to drive the enemy crazy because he throws some some hard hooks at me and I'll take them, but you know, my God is stronger, mightier, uh pow- more more powerful than that enemy could ever be and I do not let uh, I cannot let my guard down. I every day I put on that helmet of salvation, that full body armor of God. I do not leave my house without praying. I don't go to sleep without praying. I don't know if you've ever heard in in Panama at three o'clock in the morning people call it La Hora del Diablo. I wake up several nights. Uh, very seldom do I not wake up on La Hora del Diablo. Well, that is a redeemed hour um, because that's the hour that I just start thanking Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll put hands on my wife. God bless her. She's pregnant right now. And I'll start praying for her. And uh, it's very interesting. And this is the first time I actually share this. Um, I spoke in, in a heavenly language last night. I, I spoke in tongues. Just last night. Just last night. Hallelujah. At, at, that, th- at that 3 o'clock thing. And, and there was something I've been asking God. I said, God, because uh, I was always fascinated with that. And I always wondered. I said, God, how... I want to speak that language. If it's in your will that I do, you know, I would like to learn it. And and last night I started praying for, you know, my my home situation where, you know, uh, for me and my wife and I, she, I don't know, she was kind of out of it. And I just started laying hands on her and, and I spoke in tongues. Yeah, and that Acts chapter 2. Well, actually, uh, Steve, I hate to cut this That's off fine. because really... We are uh, prophetic in what we are just saying. This was prophetic in Acts 2, but we're uh, prophetic in the sense that God is pouring out his spirit in a fresh way right now. I want to pray for you and uh, our listeners who are listening right at this moment. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that you would move in a special way. Begin and continue what you've done in Steve's life. And we ask, Heavenly Father that you're going to move in a way that listeners are going to say, i got to give my life to Jesus. I can't fool around anymore. Thank you, Lord. We love you, and we praise you, Lord. 
Amen. Steve, thanks so much hey, for being so with much. us. Thank you so much. What an honor. Yeah. Praise the Lord for Praise that. Praise the Lord, and God bless you all, yes. And listeners, you can go to our website, www.gamboyunion.com, and you can give us uh, any uh, feedback and let me know what God is doing in your life. Go see your pastor. Let him know as you're giving your life to Jesus. Pastor Bill Wilbur here at Gamboa Music and Inspiration to help you live for Jesus. I'll see you on the next go-around. Christmas.